Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Rod and Sturm of Liftonic coming to you from New York, New York. How are you today, sir? What's going on? I'm great. How you doing? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to dig into this, uh, mainly because New York is my home, and I rarely get the chance to talk to a, a city-based gym, so I'm excited personally to dig into that, but I'm also excited just based on the experience that you've had throughout the industry and, and your experience within this business, Liftonic, personally. Before we get into the business and, and the day-to-day and the strategic that you actually take part in, give us some context, background for the listeners here. Liftonic in your own words, what is this business? I mean, in a nutshell, we teach people safe, engaging weight training exercises in a group setting. So, okay. you know, I can give you a little background on how that came about. Yeah, take us back. That's that's a that's a useful venture here. Take us back, not necessarily to the first day that the doors opened, but take <laughs> us back to the day that the idea popped into your head. For Tell sure. us about that. So I, um, I'm originally from Australia. I moved to New York 12 years ago. And in order to stay in the country, I had to get a visa. And the visa was attached to a job. And so I started walking around with my resume and my Australian accent, trying to get a job in New York City. So many doors closed in my face. They're like, who are you? Go away. Until I found a, uh, a company that would sponsor me that um, had a few gyms in the city catering to a much older clientele. And, you know, when I say older, some of these people were gym members of these gyms for like 45 years. So they're like octogenarians. There was one person died there, you know, seriously old people. And while I was working there, they would come into the weights room, which was these old 40 year old machine weights. And they would do their circuits on the weights machine, you know, three, four times a week. And they were all in amazing shape. So I thought to myself, regular weight training really is the key to longevity, really is the key to changing body composition. Everyone is focusing on cardio. Why is nobody focusing on hypertrophy, muscle building, weight training in a group setting? And this was in you know early, like maybe 2012. So the boutique group fitness phrase was really starting to take off in New York City at that point. And when I did my market research, I realized no one was catering to people wanting to do weight training. And so that's how the general idea came about of offering weight training that's accessible and not intimidating in a group setting uh, to make it fun and engaging. And that's Liftonic. Yeah, which is uh, a useful background. And so for the people listening for a little bit more clarity here, focus on the strength training side of things. We're, We're guiding people safely and efficiently in a class-based setting, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, before, like I said, before we get into the strategy and and day-to-day, look back on on your time with Liftonic and just reminisce for a minute. It's It's been six or so years as a business, so you must be doing something, right? You survived a pandemic in New York. We're still here. 
during that time, what's been your favorite part about owning this business and, and what's been the most challenging part about owning this business? Um, the best part to me is that I actually enjoy the teaching element. So I love getting up in front of people and teaching them how to do these things. I love the musicality that we bring into it because the musicality drives our workouts. Everything is set to the beat of the music. So, you know, I'm very blessed that I get to go in most days and either be surrounded by music or teach a class with music and inspire people to, to exercise. So that general kind of vibe that that creates is quite addictive. And I'm blessed that I'm in an industry that I can do that. The most challenging part has been COVID for sure. Because, um, you yeah, know, we uh, in New York City, we were at a pretty long lockdown. We were locked down for about 15 months. And I'll never forget getting a, I can't remember if it was an email or a phone call on a Monday at about 3 p.m. saying you've got to shut down by 7 p.m. tonight. So we literally had like four hours notice. And then everybody yep. thought it would be two, three weeks, you know, and then 15, 16 months later, they're like, now you can reopen. But at that point, you're starting again from scratch. So new team members, new instructors, new business model, new clients. It's basically even though I've been going for six years, it's like two businesses within that time. Yeah, and culturally, not just losing your membership, but losing the population, many people that were previously in the local market to Lyft Tonic simply left New York and went yeah. XYZ other places. And so it's, it's rebuilding a membership, it's rebuilding a staff. It's sort of the tale of two businesses, as you mentioned. And so... Pros and cons, for sure. But walk us through what's worked for you post-COVID, quote-unquote, if we can say that. What's been successful from a marketing standpoint to get people through your doors? And maybe what hasn't been successful? What's worked and what hasn't to get people in? It's interesting. I mean, I listened to a couple of your other guests on your show. Um, and the general consensus, which I agree with, is that a lot of the digital stuff doesn't necessarily work for a one-location fitness business and so you know during our end of our shutdown period as i learned that we were about to reopen um i spent some money on some digital marketing thinking hey there must be a lot of people floating around now looking to come and join us um but what i realized is that people have become very hyper local in many ways and so we used to draw a membership from the upper east side you know which is as you fellow New Yorker, you know, to get from the Upper East Side down to the West Village, that's a 40 minute commute on a subway. That's no yeah. easy feat. We used to pull people from Bushwick and Brooklyn, like way out of boroughs of Brooklyn, also 45 minutes away. And they used to come to us because we had a unique offering. And then post COVID, they didn't really come anymore because they didn't want to travel. The subway's a mess. And so I realized the only way to kind of reestablish the connection with the community is to go even more hyper-local. So we stopped with the digital advertising and we literally did a referral programs in studio and local outreach. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think it's, it's not tremendously uncommon from stories that we hear. New York is a unique market, but a lot of the people that I talk to, have we tried digital advertising in some capacity or another, Google, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the platform of choice? Yeah, we've tried it. Did it work out as well as we would have liked? 
Not usually. Most of the time, the answer is no. And for you, it served its purpose at the time. But since we've shifted focus to a more, like you describe, hyper-local demographic, whereas conventional fitness wisdom would suggest seven to 10 miles, your market is probably like seven to 10 blocks at best. Exactly. 100%. Even less. I'd say five. Five blocks. Yeah. Which makes it a challenge from a digital marketing standpoint. Facebook doesn't usually delineate one block from another. We can get pretty close, but it makes it difficult. How do you think that'll change for you as time goes on? Do you think that there's value or do you think that there's a, an opportunity for you to get back to some sort of advertising in the future? Um, I wouldn't do it with a single studio, but you know, planning the expansion, I would build that into the expansion plan for sure. Um, and I think, you know, the bigger you get, the more it makes sense in many ways, especially for us, you know, we've positioned ourselves as a purely muscle building strength only class, which is accessible to a lot of people. So my goal is to expand the brand, you know, as big as I can, and then pretty much own that space. And then you can throw some digital money at that because if there's not that much competition in the space, you can you can get some better coverage for not as much money spent. Yeah, it's sort of if a chicken or uh, the egg kind of idea, right? And if I if I had a spin studio, for example, and I wanted to expand nationwide as a spin studio, I'd be competing with a million other spin studios. So I feel confident for us we can make digital work because we have a unique proposition, but it doesn't make sense on this like one studio or two studio level. I would do that sure. when we expand out. Talk to me about the next step in the process. Obviously, marketing is half the equation. At some point, we need a financial exchange and, and somebody to actually sign up. And so we've got a we've got a potential lead hypothetically interested. What happens for this person to to actually sign up to become a member or a client of Liftonic? It's all digital now. So pre-COVID, I had full staff. I had multiple salespeople, front desk staff, you know, we were jacked up with people. Um, and so we had in-studio sales processes that worked very well, but in New York, labor is expensive. You got to pay our commissions. So when all was said and done, yeah, the business is making exponentially more, but your margin is minimally more. And you know, the bigger the overheads, the less I sleep at night. So post COVID, um, we really, stripped it back to running it super lean. So we currently have just the instructor that goes to the studio, opens the door, turns on the lights, cues the music, teaches the classes, closes the studio, cleaning crew comes in once a day in the evening, and that's it. And so we put everything into online sales funnels. I use a company called Brandbot, which ties mm -hmm. into my MindBody account. And I just have multiple funnels going depending on what intro they're coming on or what you know what they what they do there. So it's not as good as the real deal. Like having a person. Yeah, that was gonna be my next studio, question is what differences have you noticed? There's a, there's a big difference. There's uh, from a customer service point of view, uh, customer retention point of view, and closing percentage. I think it's all better if you have a talented, passionate person in there that can talk to people right after class. Um, 
So I would say it's probably 25% better to do it that okay. way. But you've got to make sure that your pricing model is right because you've got to charge enough to factor in the additional cost. Otherwise, you're just selling more but not making more. And that's where I found I was pre-COVID. So post-COVID now, I'm making less revenue, but I'm more profitable. Pricing is is a conversation that could take us hours and hours. It's something <laughs> that our industry has struggled with historically. It's It's just... Yeah, we don't charge what we're worth, at least, or we yeah. don't think of the end goal in mind. You mentioned I'm more concerned with how much actually hits my bank account than whatever this mythical top line number is. The top line matters, but only because it infects the bottom line. You guys yeah. running lean have a greater percentage of that in bottom line, and I think it it doesn't get addressed often enough. For an owner, for somebody in your role, it is far less stressful to have less moving parts. If we have all of these different filters and all of these different layers that somebody has to get through, yes, it works out if you mention we have somebody skilled and passionate and technical, but that's a big if, right? Finding that person and keeping that person can be a challenge. And so staffing becomes a, a layer here as well. Do you think For sure. as you roll this out and as you move forward, we will stay this lean? Do you think that's yeah. a more recreatable model? I think so. Yeah. I would, um, there's only one point of the life cycle of a studio that I would throw a lot of people at, and that is the pre-sale for six months before opening a studio and then the first six months. So I envision having a pre-sale slash studio opening team that would work for me for 12 months to launch a studio and get it up and running. But then once it's up and running to a certain point, it can run itself through the digital funnels. Mm -hmm. And yep. so that that's the way I would go open, open locations. And so you, you hint at it here, uh, but the idea of being growth and, and no shortage of options of how to do that in our industry, big picture this thing for me. What do you see as the growth strategy? How do you, how do you plan to take advantage of that? Um, I want to franchise it out. So we're about halfway through that process currently. Um, just because uh, I'm passionate about the method and, you know, I feel like a lot of fitness entrepreneurs um, are that because you kind of have to drink your own Kool-Aid to kind of believe and then put that, out, put that out there in the world. So I'm personally passionate about weight training being what's missing out of people's fitness routines. And I'm passionate that a lot of people don't know how to do it. They don't know where to do it. So you're going to take some of these barriers out and educate people, hey, why don't you just do weights three times a week and see what happens to X, Y, Z. So I, I've always, since I started, I've always wanted to grow this into a national business. And the way to do that is not one studio at a time. The way to do that is to find other like-minded, passionate people and have them join me. Yeah. And so it, it routes back to the team, right? How do we find people yeah. who, who care about our baby almost as much or as much as we do it's a fun yeah. conversation because it's 
for, for 24 or 36 months, it's been a really pessimistic conversation, but for the first time in a long time, there's, there's some optimism and there's some hope in our, in our market, in our industry. And so we're running a bit shy on time here, but I wanted to save at least a handful of minutes here for you to tell our listeners where they can learn more about Liftonic. What's the best website? What's the best social? How can people connect with you? Uh, Liftonic.com, I think, is the best way to go. It has all the information on there. Um, I'm notoriously bad at social media. I'm like the, I'm like the anti-social media. So definitely don't go to our Instagram because there ain't nothing fresh on that sucker. Um, and that's just because personally I hate social media. But, you know, I'm a little bit older than most people. Somewhat uh, necessary <laughs> evil in our space at this time. Yeah, literally. I mean, the thing is, you know, just quickly to touch on that, I, I used to spend a lot of money on our social media. You know, I'd spend, I had an agency doing something. I would do advertising. I was spending five, 6000 a month on social media stuff with the same outcome when I spend zero. And that just might be my unique situation. I'm not advocating for not doing social media, but it didn't move the needle. <laughs> but even when N equals one, we need to make sure that the outcome is greater than the input. That's so. right. And you know, that's why you got to try all these different things. That's why you try it, figure it out. If it doesn't work, then you pivot. But uh, yeah. lifttonic.com is the way to go. And then if anyone wants to email us directly, it's info at lifttonic.com. Connect with the Lift Tonic team. This has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your willingness to, to share and, and give a behind the scenes look of this business, what you're thinking about, what's worked, what hasn't. I'm excited to see the future of this because it sounds like we still have some cards up our sleeve to be played. So that's all the time we have, but I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Eric from F45. What's going on, Eric? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on at F45, located in Florida, um, sorry, Connecticut. Yes. Actually, my bad. Let's start over. Yeah. I want to put the name Connecticut in the New Jersey. Why do I keep thinking Connecticut, New Jersey? Okay, so the lady that I had before him, New Jersey. There it is. All right, my bad. Okay. Ready? All right. Three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is. Eric from F45 out of New Jersey. What's going on, Eric? How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Sure. Uh, I've been in the fitness industry now for north of 10 years. Uh, I love the aspect of getting to work with people. I was never really a numbers cruncher in front of a computer kind of person. Uh, I was a personal trainer one-on-one just for friends for a while uh, through college. And then I had some jobs right out of school that took me to Seattle, back to New York. And then I just, I love training so much that I decided to make that my, my, my daily, my, my everyday job. Um, and then I took that into working for Equinox. For those who don't know, it's just a very big gym here in New York. Also, it's, it's national, so depending on where you guys live, they might have one as well. Was there about five years, capped out what I could do there, and just knew I wanted to do more, I wanted to help more people. Uh, that's how I turned to and found F45. Um, I'm able to affect a lot more lives than the one-on-one, give me an hour of your time, to get you in shape kind of lifestyle for people. I'm able to help hundreds of people now, and I love to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to starting a F45, um, did you have experience in business at all? I know you were in the industry, but. Sure. Uh, so in terms of business, I went to school at the Kelly School of Business at Indiana, uh, where I sorry, majored in finance and international business. Uh, but I always had a big sales background uh, that brought me out to Seattle, where I was a district sales manager for the company Polaris. Uh, in case you don't know what that is, it's uh, snowmobiles, ATVs, off-road vehicles. Did that for my first year straight out of college, uh, but wanted to come back uh, to the East Coast. So I left there, moved, moved back to Jersey for a little bit, kept doing training, again, close friends, friends of friends, et cetera, people who just saw my journey and wanted to uh, help themselves. And yeah. then moved to New York, got a job that was paying $10 an hour in Manhattan. So definitely needed some side money. <laughs> and that's how I ended up working for Equinox. Uh, and then that just snowballed into me doing my own thing and now franchising. Yeah. So what skills from your background in sales and then also from what you learned in college, what, do you skill, what skills do you think kind of transferred over into business ownership that are necessary? Communication. Communication 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. And sales is the best, you know, I always said there's three types of salesmen. There's the person who knows the product more than anybody else, but isn't really a big communicator or a big people person. There's the person who doesn't know at all, but can, can connect with anybody. And because of that way, they'll make a sale. But then there's that third person, the person who's the deadliest, the person who knows the product and can talk to people, connect. And that's where it comes down to with gyms uh, and personal training in general. It's just, it is sales. And you can call whatever you want, but someone needs to want to spend that money on you they have to trust that you're the person who can get them to where they want to be and at the end of the day especially in the personal training world but also with us because at the end of the day yes it is a business they need to believe you they need to buy you they, they need to want to spend time with you and if they don't they're not going to buy you so if they don't like you or your employees or your coaches they're not going to stick around past their trial let alone month over month yeah so for the business owner that may be struggling with their sales skill set, what are some things that you did to kind of sharpen the sword there? That's interesting. Uh, hard to say specifically because I kind of, like I started working at Circuit City for those who remember that company uh, back when I was 16. Uh, so I've always kind of had a knack for sales. I like to listen mm-hmm. a lot. All people who I knew were good listeners in terms of what you can do today. 
there's some great books, classic books. Um, one, one of the first books that was ever given me was Daniel Carnegie's, I believe it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a great kind of way, place to start. But really, it's just getting over the fact of talking to people. You need to like to talk to people. You need to be confident in what you're talking about because anybody can talk about what they love. So you just need to know what you know. And then what I always say is I know what I know, but I know what I don't. So I always like to surround myself with people who are better than me at things. And I constantly ask advice because I know, even now, I know I I still am not the best at what I do. I do what I can, but I'm always looking for more. And then I'm also listening to a lot of podcasts all the time. Uh, Jim Lord is a great podcast. I also listen to a newer one that I've listened to a lot over the last year is Dropping Bombs with Bradley. Uh, He's a great resource in terms of, so he was a salesman. But on his podcast, he has people from all walks of life, uh, from Spartan Race to people in real estate, to someone who makes ponds for a living. Um, yeah. He just has these conversations. and It's great to hear these people talk about what they do and why they're passionate and how they scale and grow their businesses. Um, so just yeah. reaching out for more resources is something you should always be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I always want to be a, a perpetual learner for sure. So what... Before- what made you want to go franchise route? Like, were you already, did you already know, like, I'm going to franchise or was it like kind of a toss up between starting up your own thing or franchising? I never really thought about like doing my own thing at first. I've thought about that now. Um, but in, what got me into F45 is definitely, I just, I like the franchising model. There's nothing wrong with not coming up with your own concept at yeah. all. Uh, franchising gives you the blueprint and still on you to make it successful but depending on what franchise you go with there's going to be success stories or failures that you can learn from and look to for your own path so that's my my next question around that is how do you figure out like what franchise makes sense for you you need to believe in the product of the franchise Um, so in terms of fitness there are tons of franchises that you can choose from there's f45 there's Orange theories there's berries and there's countless others coming out of australia and all these new places that you could look to uh there was even a, a franchise show here in new york city that i went to the javits center just to, out of curiosity so it's going to market you always gotta have your head on a swivel for competition and there is this competition and there's more and more concepts coming and it comes down to what do you believe in uh, so I took many F45 classes. I, I, being an industry, I'd taken a lot of fitness in general. So I'd taken these classes and I enjoyed them. I felt that I could get others to as well. I was very anti-group fitness for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. Very well said. I like that. Uh, I like that answer. So you have two locations, uh, one in Wayne, New Jersey, and one in Sparta, New Jersey. Um, Talk to us about like the growth of your first gym from like zero to wherever you decided to open up a second location. What did you guys do to get people in the door? Sure. So my path is an interesting one because we decided to open during the best time, which was COVID, uh, for a new gym. So we started our pre-sale in late 2019. Uh, We were gone strong uh, going into, I'd say, mid-February. We had about 150 deposits going strong, which is a strong opening, and we had plenty of time of the build out, et cetera. And then COVID hit, um, and that kind of wiped it out. Um, mm-hmm. Construction had to stop a little bit. 
I was able to get past certain points. So I was able to build during COVID, but it got, it got close to me having to shut down that completely. Um, my members who had signed up during pre-sale, basically everyone asked for their deposits back. They had no, no one had any idea what was going to go on. Um, but my eye was always on multi-unit. Um, I never wanted to be, it's just like a one and done. So that was always in my head. Um, so I opened Wayne, which was our, was the baby. I bought the territory, bought the, built out the studio, everything from day one. We opened that September 12th. Um, and then just during that time period of COVID, we just got in contact with an owner who's already opened, who had opened his studio in November of 19. Um, he was looking to sell. And just I, my partner and I had discussions and it was the right opportunity. So we acquired that one. So we opened that one a month after Wayne in October. Uh, similar scenario, uh, they had members, but we had actually started zero, which was unfortunate for us. Um, but for me, multi-unit was always on the table. It's yeah. big picture I, and I want more than what I have now. It's, it's just all about the growth. Yeah, absolutely. So with the second one where you actually had to start from zero, is there anything, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently starting out? So the second one was interesting. Uh, there was, and no one's fault, uh, just the old system that was used with F45s showed incorrect numbers. Um, so we thought we were actually getting more than we had um, in terms of membership. Um, but what I would have done, I, again, it's, it's a hard area. Um, and so it just took us time to, really learn what like the price point and what would really attract people and it took some time after we opened uh but we finally really cracked the code i have a great um group of coaches and an amazing manager who we're growing very quickly out there now which has been fun to see yeah okay so in terms of marketing um what specifically have you guys been doing to get people indoors is it social media community engagement paid advertisement all of the above. So uh, for both studios, when they were opening, I did direct mailers um, just because I wanted people in the area just to know the name F45. So on USPS, you're able to go into, you can actually choose zip codes and send people. It's the things everyone gets in there that they usually throw away, basically. When you get realtor stuff and just flyers in your mail, it's, it's what a direct mailer is. So I did that just to get our name into people's heads whether it was is just asking what's at 45 i don't think more likely than not people just threw it away but some people went to the website some people signed up for a trial so we got our money's worth it's just it, you have to be very specific with it in terms of where you're sending it we, we look at the data because you can see medium household income etc so you can really be specific about where you're sending these and then of course we use facebook instagram that's that's most of our marketing spend and then i do things for the city. I do things to be in the community, get the name out there, auctions. I give away memberships. I do partnerships with local businesses, et cetera. Yeah. So is that like, like your responsibility um, when it comes to bringing awareness to your two locations or have you built a team and are you able to kind of delegate some things out? Uh, it's on me. Um, I've tried using marketing companies before and wasn't seeing the payoff for what the cost was. Um, there are recommended ones that, that headquarters will rec tell you to or even have to when you're in your studio. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, yeah, just the expense to pay off wasn't there. So I was able to do 
market myself. So I'm not charging myself that same marketing fee on top of ad spend. So every dollar of ad spend is going to ad spend because I'm the one running it. Right. And there's trial and error. So I've learned as I as I've gone. Yeah, absolutely. So with the I so you do paid advertisement on like Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Is and there I'll, any I'll boost posts as well. Is there anything like about the content that you've noticed that's specifically working, whether it be like the pictures or the copy or like even the offer? For sure. There's definitely, definitely if it's free versus paid offer, it was a, a different value. So but you also get more qualified leads when it's paid. So that definitely was a big change. I used to, when I, for both studios, when we opened, it was a free trial, but I changed that to seven days for $7. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they get a taste of what our unlimited membership is like. So it's seven days of unlimited training, come as much as you want, as much as you can. Um, and then from there, yeah, I am constantly changing the, the videos, I'll do pictures, I'll do ones that kind of, what's the word, slideshow, that like it's, it's different every time or it's moving, et cetera. So it really depends. Reels do very well. Um, so I kind of have actual footage of us in the gym and that'll be like, F is for functional, uh, 45 is how long the class is and stuff like that. Okay. So what's the seven, you said seven for seven, right? You notice like a difference between, I guess, people who were coming in for like something free before and actually like paying $7 in terms of like turning those people into memberships? Absolutely. Uh, Free trial. First of all, you'll get a lot of people just coming to town. Oh, cool. Free opportunity for a workout. Or you'll get people who sign up and then never come and you can't get a hold of them. But when someone actually puts their credit card down and pays $7, you at least get, you're going to get that first class. That's almost hundred percent. If they sign up for the trial and pay the seven dollars, you're going to get them in the door. Now, if you get them back, that's on you and that's on the coaches. Um, mm-hmm. But I find if I get them in twice, step, I can get you in three times. There's almost an over ninety percent chance I'm going to get you to sign. You come in twice, it's a little lower, but one, I don't pitch them on the first time because I just want to get them back. So if I can't get them back, it's unless it's, unless I know I have them, I, I do, I'm not going to pitch on that first time. I just want to get you back in the studio. I want to try another class because like I said, we had three different formats in F45. We have nice. cardio aerobic, we have strength and resistance, and we have hybrid. So to really get a taste of what F45 is about and why you're going to, why this is the gym for you, I believe that you need to try more than once. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like your process for nurture. So let's say I come in, I take one class and that's it. What does that like look like? Are you calling me, reaching out, emails? Absolutely. So as soon as you get into our system, we shoot a text and give you a call as soon as we can. But 100%, you get a text immediately. Uh, welcome to your studio. See if you have any questions. Texting, I have found, is a lot. Right now, most people just don't like to pick up numbers they don't know. Uh, so you get a lot of voicemail. Uh, so texting, you're, it's more likely that people are actually going to answer. Uh, whether it's uh, don't talk to me anymore or stop texting me. Either way, I have your information, but you gave it to me, so I'm going to reach out to you. So it starts with just trying to get you booked, um, and I'm going to keep, and I'm going to call you. If people have questions, it's much easier to just run through it via the phone versus a thousand textings because it's just easier because you can real time answer people's questions. Uh, right. Once we get you into it booked, then we ask you to come 10 to 15 minutes before your first class. Now they have to sign paperwork because you've done all that already online. It's so we you can meet the coaches, meet our front desk staff, give you a tour of the studio, answer any questions you might have, and then give you just any time to warm up. We have a warm up built into class, but you want to stretch, et cetera. Uh, and then you get a tour of the studio, like I said, and then take class, talk to you afterwards. And the goal is to get you booked. Sometimes people don't book immediately. We're going to follow up with you either that night or later the, the next day. 
because we want you to come back. We want you to try yeah. another class. Yeah. And if something, if there's a reason why you don't want to come back, I want to know that. Yeah. So when it comes to like your uh, follow-up in that process, um, is there a certain amount of times that you'll follow up with somebody before you just kind of give them a break? Because I feel like sometimes gym owners, when somebody's not responding back, they'll just be like, oh, that's it. What's your mindset around that? Mm. My mindset is until they tell me to stop reaching out, I'm going to continue to reach out. Um, yeah. And that's why I tell my staff, I'm like, and until they tell us to my language, F off. You gave us your information for a reason. Yeah. There was a fleeting moment of, oh, yeah. this looks interesting, or you really wanted it. Until you tell us to stop, we're not going to, because there was a reason why you put down your cell phone. There was a reason why Ooh. you put down your email. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. The fortune is in the follow-up for sure. So, um, when it comes to sell, are you doing like the majority of the selling? I think you mentioned that. Um, I split with my team. Like I'm always mm -hmm. circling back, but also I like it when my coaches have a relationship mm -hmm. with members and sometimes it's better if they do the reach out. So I have my, my, my coaches always reach out to the people in their classes, especially those on trialers, trials, sorry. And so sometimes I'll let them take the lead and my coaches are great and we have sales discussions and what's working yeah. what's not etc yeah so tell us a little bit more about your team because i know you have trainers um you guys have a like a good amount of members too so i know this is something that you're not doing it by your by yourself so like who do you have on your team um sales trainers general manager um i don't have anyone specifically in sales roles it's it's coaches it's front desk staff i, I have a manager at one of my locations, I'm, I do the most managing at the other location, mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's kind of a group effort. And I find everyone is obviously motivated more. Not only is my studio doing well, which I have, my teams are amazing, but obviously money. Everyone wants to make some more money, so I monetize sales in terms of they get percentages of sales uh, because they're doing that extra work. They should be paid for it, so that's an extra way to motivate the team. Absolutely. So as we come to a good place to wrap things up on this episode, a few more questions for you. Um, talk to us about the vision that you have for your gyms moving forward 2023 and beyond. Sure. So I really am looking, I want to get my studios up to north of four or 500 members. I think it's very doable in both my areas. There's strong affluent areas and there are also competitors I know in the area who have done so, which means there are people who like to work out. They just either don't know us or haven't had the opportunity to try us yet. And don't get me wrong, I know not every person, this is the workout for them. And that's not my job is to force it down their throat. It's, I, I, again, I offer a no contract membership. So I want people to want to train here. If you don't want to train here, you don't have to. Uh, so my goal is four or 500 plus members and then also more locations. Um, like I have two right now, but I've always had multi-studio in my in my vision i want five i want 10 i'll do 20 depending just it's one studio at a time build it out create that community and that's what it's about it's about the community and when we're at a point where we can do the next one find a spot that we like and do another yeah you got big dreams so gotta be big and, and uh you're a dreamer so is there anything that you feel like you have to change when it comes to marketing or sales or client retention to continue to to get to where you want to be i feel like there's still a, uh, a level of marketing that i'm trying to figure out that will do better um i just feel like there's a lot 
there's a lot out there. We, everyone gets hit with a thousand emails in their inbox. They just delete. There's a thousand things on TV and Instagram and reels and a thousand different social medias now. So it's really just figuring out what that next thing is that will really stick out and differentiate you. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm still learning and trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely, man. So last question I got for you is give our listeners one piece of advice that you wish you had when you first started out on your journey. Besides not to open during COVID. Um, <laughs> honestly, it, when it comes to franchising in general, the longest part of it was just finding real estate. Real estate's tough. Uh, so it's really a long process. So don't delay. Just if you have an idea, get get after it. Just start. And once you have that location, everything else will kind of fall into place. And then just like I said, when it comes to the sales, just hit the ground and talk to everybody and don't be afraid to really get in there. If you're confident and you love what you're doing, people will be able to sense that and they'll really want to be there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, uh, really great episode today. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, so I've got two studios in New Jersey, Wayne and Sparta. If any other listeners are in the area, please come on by. Mention Jim Lords and we'll set you up. All righty. Well, thank you, Eric. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. And to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and with me is a very special and fun guest, Miss Tracy Fitzpatrick with Align Studios out of Newport Beach, California. Tracy, how are you today? I am doing really good. Even though you guys got me up so early in the morning, I'm okay. <laughs> well, it's going to be all worth the fun that we're about to have. And, uh, you know, we thank you for being on the show today, and it's going to be a pleasure. Not too many people want to talk to me at seven o'clock in the morning, let alone see me. <laughs> hey. If I was the mayor of this town, all training would start at 1030. <laughs> um, I, I feel a lot of people would appreciate that, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> Coaches out there getting up at four in the morning, five in the morning, doing that, doing that grind, you know. There should be a special award given to those people, those human beings. It's incredible. I mean, but I did my time. 
I did in my time. <clears throat> I think the uh, the award is caffeine, unlimited amounts of caffeine. <laughs> as I sit here and sip on this delicious energy drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Tracy, uh, obviously I got to know you a little bit before we hopped on air. Um, I want you to go ahead and just open up to our listeners a little bit. Tell us and myself a little bit about you, your business, how you got into the whole thing and, you know, like the passion behind everything. So start there and tell us. Oh gosh, Adam, you gotta, this is like such a long story. I've been teaching since I was 16 years old. I mean, it, and it, none of it was intentional. Like it just happened. I was a dancer. So I just wanted to dance and I wanted to move and I wanted to teach movement and everything just sort of happened. I did not plan this at all. My whole life, I didn't plan. <laughs> but I guess like I, you guys have been making me think a lot because um, I've been listening to your podcast and it's so good, by the way. I love listening to all the different gym owners and all their journeys and everything. Um, and I was like, how in the heck do I fit into this? Because, you know, I never intended to have a business. I never intended to, you know, sit here today talking to you about business. I None of it was planned. So I was a dancer and then I didn't know what to do and so I was like well just get a college degree <laughs> so I went to school and I thought well I'll just be a professor you know I, I'm, I was older I was 26 I had a son he was like maybe seven or eight at the time so I went to school to become a dancer and a dance professor and I ended up being really good and I didn't even know I was good. So I started working for companies and dancing for companies and started my own company. And then um, I got out of school and I didn't know what to do. So I met my teacher my last semester of college and I bought a reformer with like a discover card. Oh, yeah. And I took, I put it in my apartment and I took the closet doors, which were mirrors, off the closet doors and moved them into the living room. And I had like a little stereo with a little tape, cassette tapes, which are now cool. And I, I played a lot of Van Morrison back then, so it's hard for me to listen to it now because it's just like it breaks my heart. But my clients, I still have some of the same clients still to this day. And uh, they tell me I was really hard. <laughs> So I just had that one reformer. So I made them do mat work perfectly. They had to earn the right to get on the reformer. Ooh. Yeah. So I was really tough. Guess That's how much good. I charged on my very first sessions. Guess. This I, is like 1991-ish. 1991-ish. For his one individual session? Yes. <sighs> So don't, you were in don't, diapers. Don't hate me to say this number, but if I'm doing my math right of what it is now, I'm gonna say what, like maybe like five or ten dollars. Nine dollars. Nine dollars. Wow. Nine bucks. Now you throw another zero in behind that, and that's what you got here nowadays. <laughs> Nine bucks. I when somebody gave me a hundred dollar bill, I almost died. 
Like I almost died. I didn't know you could make money doing this. I had no idea. I just had this passion, not for teaching Pilates, just for teaching movement, you know, just movement and getting people to like be embodied within that movement. The way I, I felt when I was dancing and I still do that to this day. It just happens to be the modality of Pilates. But then I moved to a whopping 25 bucks an hour as a single mom raising my son by myself. His dad was in Spain. So um, so that was an immaculate conception, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then I moved to a whopping 25 bucks. And that's when my quote unquote business took off, you know. Yeah, and all these experiences and just not even knowing what could come from it. And then all of a sudden, here you are getting handed dollar bills left and right. And it's it's on. Well, dude, I worked. I mean, I worked seven days a week, you know, as yeah. as much as I could. I had a first a job and then I would come home and do that. And then I would work on the weekends and um, and I worked down the street from Quicksilver. And so I had a, an executive's wife from there. And so they started bringing me clients from Quicksilver. And then from there, I got to train the men's pro-am team. I went to Hawaii and trained the women's Roxy team. And um, I started my business working for my teacher and we were training pro volleyball players. So I had all these different, you know, people. I thought I was gonna just be working with dancers. I didn't know, like, I, I was going to be working with normal people. I had no idea. So immediately I'm getting all these, you know, different types of people. And I have just my Pilates certification. So that's five minutes of their time. You know what I mean? So I have to, like, bring in something else. And that's when I brought in all these concepts that I learned in dance which are you know like irradiation alignment just just basic tenets of correct movement for that person yeah yeah and everybody and I, was like i'm swearing at this lady and she doesn't even know yeah they used to call me names mm. they used to call me lots of, i had lots of names none of which i will repeat on air but mm. now now people say i'm nice and i'm like really i'm nice i've been working on that for 30 years it's all those names <laughs> piled up into the jar and you're like all right we're gonna take this name and this name <laughs> we're gonna see, let's see what we can come up with but i love all movement i did crossfit you know i i love olympic weightlifting i love all that stuff i used to do aerial work i've done a lot of stuff you know so i love all of it yeah, jack of all trades. Yeah, I love it. Interesting. Well, Tracy, that's that's great. And you know, with with the business, obviously comes you know a, a sense of gratification and you know enjoyment. So let's talk about Align Studios. Give our listeners just a little elevator pitch. Like, what is it that your studio offers? What's to be expected? What can somebody expect when they walk in to your studio? And what are they going to get when they're there? So I've been thinking about this a lot because you guys ask all your, you know, invitees this. So I don't have a studio anymore. I've decided it, it's a practice. 
that's what I have. I'm a, I'm a practitioner now, not a trainer. I'm a teacher. So, um, when you come to me, uh, you're coming to me to examine your body and how it moves using all kinds of things, Pilates, gyrotonic, FRC, atracionics, all my stuff, all the stuff. A lot of people come to me in pain. So I don't have to pitch anybody. They're like, they're hurt. They're done with PT or maybe they're getting ready for a surgery. And so I don't have to pitch at all. I don't have to sell. It's more just like, it's super hard to explain. I asked my clients all week long, these kids want me to come and talk on this podcast. What do I say? And they're like, we don't know. We don't know what to tell them. Yeah, it's got this framework of Pilates and gyrotonic and dance and all these things, but it's just movement. It's just sheer movement. So I've had a very hard time marketing all these years because I'm extremely niche and extremely unique for my area because we're saturated with Pilates. But frankly, I don't think there's enough of it. You need to have more of it. It should be one on every corner. You know, there's just not enough of it in the world. Very, very interesting. So talk to me about, you know, give me, give us an example of, you know, what's one thing that you movement, the tracionics, the, you know, your, your mythology is one, one little example of when somebody comes in, you know, how would you examine them? And then what is one method of your programming that you could implement at Align Studios? So, so how do I assess them? Like, yeah, somebody were to come in, let's just say general, uh, let's say we have a female who, you know, maybe uh, had some low back pain and they're like, just, just kind of like on the healing phase, they're kind of starting to get back into movement. Um, let's do you, let's do you. Do you have any issues going on at all? Anything? Well, uh, there's a lot of that going on, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I just, I deal with, you know, um, some bulging disc and, you know, it's got a lot oh, of so now say, we're getting somewhere. Where's your bulging disc at? Uh, in my L4, L5, S1. Where is it? Is it going out the back, out the side, left or right? Is it coming out the front? It's kind of going out to the side. Uh, I'd have to go back through the x-rays and look at, you know, if it's left or right, but uh, it's painful. Are you symptomatic? Mm -hmm. Do you have an MRI on it? Mm, I have. Yes, I do. Okay. So that's the first thing I would do is I would continue asking you, you questions and I've got so many more. I'm already interested. And then the second thing I'd be like, send me over your MRI. And what I do is I'll take someone's MRI which most people have it, not the pictures, the written part. And I'll rewrite it for them basically in hooked in phonics with pictures. So they completely understand what's going on with them. So I spend a lot of time doing that for clients. I'll take an MRI report and I'll, I'll copy and paste that section and then I'll write it for them in a language that they understand. You know, like what's a Schmorl's node? What's you know, a facet, uh, what's a pars defect? What's, 
what's a grade, you know, what, what is severe, mild and moderate? What are all those things? What's posterior? What's anterior? What's lateral? What's yeah, a nerve? Yeah. What's a nerve root, right? All these things. What, what is, um, uh, like ligamentum flavum enlargement, like all these things. And they're like, we don't, my back hurts. So automatically what I start to do is educate the person, not on their symptoms, but on the source of their symptoms. So they can become pretty efficient at understanding what's going on with them. So when they go out in the world and do things and feel pain, they're understanding why. And they also will get an education on the things to help that condition and the things that will hurt that condition or make it worse. Or, you know, we, we can't make a bulging disc go away, but I've had clients that have like a class one, super mild, you know, herniation and they're they are in so much pain and I've had other people with class four ruptures and they're not symptomatic at all. So it all just depends on the person and what's going on. So I always say like your body is telling you something. So right now your lower back is speaking something to you. It's speaking a language and it's the language of low back. And so you have to learn to understand that language because it does not speak English. So it's speaking something else. So you're going to learn how to understand the language of that joint first by getting to know it intimately and then by understanding how it expresses with the condition that you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to be an expert on your on your discs by the time I'm done with you. Love it. So you say the very anatomical, analytical, scientific approach of really digressing or breaking down, you know, exactly what it is and, you know, giving them really the the knowledge of, you know, or explanation or understanding of everything before kind of, you know, going into like the movement patterns that you're going to put somebody through. Yeah, yeah pretty much and then and that that gives me a great understanding again everybody's different and just because it says on a piece of paper yada da dee dodo doesn't mean that okay well this person's got a posterior um herniation so no forward flexion we don't know yet let's see what's going on let's try out forward flexion in a really passive way and see how much that lower back will allow you to go so you can understand it better yes so much of what i see is don't do this don't do that protect this protect that yeah but you have to examine what your body's gonna allow you to do considering all the situations that are going on with you so i'm like the joint whisperer (laughs) Very witty. <laughs> I like that. We got we got some some good uh, words uh, chalked down here. <laughs> um, and then I do fitness too. You know, I love doing moms that just had kids and um, do a lot of pelvic floor work. And um, we do, I do regular training too. Like, you know, I, got, I have group classes, privates, the whole thing. 
but my space is very small. That's why I call it a practice. So um, I'm kind of, I want to move away from the fitness stuff and keep continuing with this movement, quality of movement stuff, because um, I'm really making an impact on people's lives. And I, that's really what I want to do. That's my I want that. I'm I'm into that more than I am making money because money comes and goes, you know? Yeah. And I have a degree in dance. I don't, I've never understood the business side of things ever. I've tried, believe me, I've tried, but um, it's more about my passion and the integrity of what I'm doing. That's, that's the most important thing to me. That's more bucks in my pocket than anything else. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, makes sense. You know, not everybody, you know, I, I had a similar situation with another owner that, uh, didn't really know much, you know, business wise versus like, they just enjoy doing the actual thing. And, yeah. you know, that a lot of times, you know, will bring all of the other business with it, you yeah. know, like passionate, you know, it's things will follow, but yeah, well, um, it has to, it has to take place in an order. It has to have some type of order to it you know and so um that's where the business part comes in and i i really dislike that so much um yeah. i've i've bent my business to my will so now that i'm an older person i'm going to be 59 this year i say i will continue doing this as long as it's in my under my terms which I've never done my whole life. I've always just been, you know, coming at midnight, coming at 4 a.m., coming on Saturdays, coming on Sundays. I've missed birthdays, bar mitzvahs, everything, you know. But uh, now I'm like, I'm, I'm going to bend my business to my will. And it has to be on my terms. And I wish I would have known that when I was younger. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't no, be so tired. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, we, you know, people put in lots of work, you know, whether it's, you know, managers, partners in the business, owners, you know, it's like, there's so much time dedicated to the craft and, you know, you got to have that good balance. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to look back and be like, well, where's all my memories? All my memories were uh, being in this here building doing, you know, this, this, and this, which, you know, you make great memories and things like that too. But it's like, you know, you want to disassociate work and personal life, you know, to a certain point. I haven't done that. I, again, you got to remember, I'm not coming from push up, sit up, squat. This is plie. This is breath work. This is like a connection, a, a neurological connection with people yeah. that's beyond. And it's, um, you know, some of these people I've seen three, four times a week for 20 years. It's, it's crazy. A lot of my clients are dying. <laughs> We've lost a lot, you know? <laughs> We'll, so. uh, we'll uh, move on from the dying client. <laughs> um, but Tracy, let's let's talk about the business itself and you in the business. So obviously, you've been in business for quite some time. Yeah. You know, you, I'm not going to repeat what you said your age was because I think that's a lie. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> I know, love being 59. Are you kidding me? I can't wait to be 89. Whew. Bring it. Let's <laughs> talk about, you know, you, you've kind of been through the big picture, I guess, in a way is from what it sounds like, but you know, with what you do now, you know, in, I asked this question very uh, respectfully, you know, what kind of time frame are you looking at with 
the rest of your business and yourself? Like, are you going to be that person that's like, I'm going to go until I can't move anymore? Are you, you know, like what's, what's like the big picture, you know, coming up in the say, like the next, like, you know, one to five years, maybe 10 years. That's a good question. You know, my son's been gone two years now. So I'm now alone for the first time ever in my life. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm in the middle of investigating that, you know, what I want to do. I've had a teacher training and certification program. I grew my business to like five locations. I trained all the celebrities in Hollywood. I've done the professional athletes. I've done everything. Yeah. I've done it all. And none of it did I try for or seek out was all happenstance, which is really weird. But when you're an artist and a dancer, like that's the world you live in is happenstance. So part of me, I I love being my age. I am getting a little scared, Be but we don't train like you guys train. We just stand there. We don't do exercises with our right. clients. So I always say the busier I get, the more unfit I get because I'm just not doing anything. I'm not demoing exercises or anything like that. So, right. um, so the the output that's required for us is very small, but energy is being expanded in with people, you mm-hmm. know, because that takes a lot. So I feel it. I definitely feel a big day, but I'm trying to get my days down to like five hours. Four would be my best and still make the same amount of money. And so far I'm doing really good because you know, I charge a lot to come see me and people are like, you're so expensive. I'm like, where were you when I was $9 an hour? Cause I was looking for clients and you weren't anywhere to be found. Where were you? So I've paid my dues. I've done my free sessions. I've done all the free stuff. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, I've got, I don't have as, I'm looking at less time you know, ahead of me than's behind me. So I've got to really maximize that. But that's something that young people should think about too. Is you, you know, you, you and I talked. You mentioned, you know, that the long hours and the early mornings. That can I keep doing this? You know, mm-hmm. can I keep going like this? In my business, you can. Pilates teachers live a really long time. <laughs> what you're saying yeah. is, you got a lot of juice left in the tank. Yeah, as long as people are hurt, absolutely, and in pain, absolutely, I want to help them because I, it's really easy to help these people. Yeah, it's very easy to help them to get out of their issues. I think I've only not been able to help two people. Oh, that's great. Yeah, over that that amount of time, that's that's a pretty significant number. I would like to. to point out yeah both of them were low back herniations by the way <laughs> imagine that yeah yeah well cool that's that's a great picture for the you know the audience out here um you know maximize you know money in less time or revenue in less time you know obviously you you've been through it all you've done the nitty-gritty you put in the work you put in the hours now it's like you know you you're quote unquote the expert in what you do and the way that you do it and I, I can't honestly say that I've met anybody that is quite analytical like you. So kudos. Really? Well, it yeah. should be, it's really easy to do 
you know, if a dancer can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. It just takes an interest. I'm super autodidactic. You got to remember, dude, we didn't get like email till 94. So, you know, we didn't have all the stuff you guys have. There was no Instagram. I was walking flyers in the neighborhood. I was, you know, what they call guerrilla marketing nowadays, but I, I think I was one of the first people to have a website in my area and the, one of the first people to adopt SEO. I educated myself on that. I educated myself on anatomy. I educated myself on nutrition and on herbs and just anything that people needed was my interest. And yeah. so instead of reading Cosmo, I would read anatomy books so that I could really understand because Back in the day, I think there was a studio uh, in San Francisco, and it was, uh, I think the lady that ran that studio was a big deal. And I, if I get stuck, I would call her and I would just be like, I've got this person. I don't know what to do. You know what? I, I didn't have the confidence. So I was like, what, what do I do? And she was just like, take them through the ropes. You got this stick to what you know you have it so i would reach out like that and i'd reach out to a local chiropractor reach out to you know people in in my community pts or whatever and ask for help because there was no internet to find all this stuff yeah. nobody even knew what pilates was no one knew what it was my family thought i was teaching karate until i was like 40. <laughs> oh like, man <laughs> They didn't understand. Wait till they listen to this show. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, well, Tracy, you know, we talked big picture, you know, um, I kind of want to re revisit this scenario, but you know, you've been, you've been through a lot. You've done a lot. You know, we talked about maximizing value for, you know, in less time. What, plans or things that are in place currently that's going to allow you to do that matt wait ask the question again <laughs> okay. i'm saying what you know with where you are currently in life and your business and things like that what what things or plans or programs and things like that do you have in place that's going to allow you to you know maximize the you know, the value for the time yeah pretty much unless something else comes in um pretty much like where i'm at i feel is where i need to be um in this intensity of work uh, that i'm doing there is some side to this that is if you want to call it energy oriented that i'm tapping into that i don't have a big understanding of mm -hmm. um I like science-based, so um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not into like the chakras and all of that, maybe for myself, but not for my clients. Yeah. Um, but there is some element and component to it that my work is leading me towards. And I'm just at the cusp of all of that. But, you know, that stuff can get really tricky um, because if I do cross over into that, I don't really think you should charge for it. I really don't. I think that kind of stuff should 
should not be, you should not capitalize on that if, if that's the case. So, but again, that's, there's, there's an element that is brewing in my space that's pushing me into a direction. I'm not quite sure what that is yet, but really amazing things are happening. And, uh, and now my clients are noticing it and they're the ones that are pretty much telling everyone else, you got to go to this girl, you got to come see her. And they'll be like, what does she do? Just don't ask me any questions, just go. And then they come and they have an experience, you know, so an experience of movement and other things. And so, uh, that's, that's kind of what's happening. And maybe when that little referral bubble thing starts to float away or change or shift, which of course it does over the years back and forth, but maybe that's, that's when I will start going in another direction or moving things somewhere else. Yeah. It's not like the logical business stuff that you guys all talk about on these podcasts. No. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, there's a, there's a shift there. Um, and, you know, like you said, wherever, you know, whatever transpires from that. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I can't say, you know, oh, I use this system and that system, you know, although I've used them all, but yeah. it's, diff it's different now. I totally understand that. Uh, well, Tracy, for time purposes, I want to ask just a, two more questions um, for our listeners. The first one is you know, you, you've been around a long time in the business industry, as far as, you know, way back before they had all the, the fancy gadgets and marketing tools and all that stuff and all the other things that make people successful nowadays. Um, for anybody that's wanting to start now in entrepreneurship, or they just want to do something different that is they're their own boss, what nuggets of wisdom would you give them? Well, entre entrepreneurship is different than what I'm doing. I, I, when I first started, I was an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is a new innovative thing, with, which is high risk. So, and small business owner is a person that's running an established business. So I've, you know, graduated to the boneyard of small business owner from entrepreneurship because I'm not doing anything that's high risk or innovative. I, at least maybe to someone else, it seems high risk, but this has been my life. I haven't had a paycheck, you know, since the nineties. So I've just been going off my, my own juices all these years. So, yeah. so I honestly think that, and what I see lacking is that people in, and this is a hard thing to say because it's a hard world to live in. I'm in Southern California. Everything's extremely expensive here, but don't chase the money, chase your level of integrity of what you're doing, of whatever it is. Because back in the eighties, I was, you know, a hot mess, not understanding what was going on. How am I going to educate the public on what I, it is that I'm doing because no one knew what Pilates was. It was illegal to teach it. You would get sued if you used the name. And so I had to hide in my house for 10 years. And I'm here I am. I've got a business that I can't even market. And so 
I just put my head down and I chose a word and the word I chose was integrity. And I lifted my head up and 10 years later, I had six locations and a staff and was training celebrities and training super you know, high profile business people. And oh, man. I, I just looked up and all I did was I just put myself in my little hamster cage and just ran on that little hamster wheel, took a little lick of the lick bottle every once in a while, and then got back on that hamster wheel again, just focusing in on my clients and making my clients be the priority. And my, and my children, of course, that was number one. I had to provide for them because it was just me. I I didn't get help from the dad. So, um, so yeah, so integrity and just trying to be a really good mom too. That's that. So see how personal that is. Yeah. That's not a business plan. That's not some business seminar at all. It's, it's just me, the person. Just be, be what your passion is and deliver excellence through your passion. Yeah, because this this business if you're just shooting for money, it's it's to me, I think you could do other jobs that don't take as much from you. Mm-hmm. Um and you can capitalize far more because our job is so difficult. It's it takes a lot of life force, a lot of giving in order to, you know, that level of intention on a person, person that wants to get better, a person that wants to lose weight, you're taking your, your intention and impressing that on another person for how many hours a day I used to work 12 hour days, seven days a week, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. great when you're young, you got, you got it to go. I can't do that anymore. So there's other ways you know, like a sales job or something like that, where you could not expend that much effort and and make so much more money. So, and I think you lose a little bit when, when it's money oriented in the fitness field. Like I'm looking for a trainer right now and I'm going out and looking at websites and I'm not seeing anything out there that I want for for me there i know they're out there but i'm i can't find them a lot of them are following business models and so that's super there's a level of professionalism that becomes an impersonal mm-hmm. and for somebody like me i'm 59 i've put on some weight i had used i had lyme disease i got better from that but my body's dealing with inflammation i had long covid so i'm trying to heal from that so i'm looking for somebody to help me get better that isn't going to scream and yell at me um that isn't going to make me do things that my body can't do um but i i that's somebody that i respect and want to follow yeah but that's going to be respectful of my situation but it's so crazy being a customer now going out in the community and looking for people I hear a lot of them on your podcast, but when I go and search on the internet, it's not reflecting that the websites, the business models. I'm like, do I want to hang out there? Do I want to invest in that? I don't know. You know? Mm -hmm. No, yeah, totally. There's a, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, A lapse in quality 
we'll just put it like that. Um, well, it's, it's because people are trying to grab their market share. And so they're following now because of social media, there's so much copying going on. So people follow a business model, like a click funnel or something like that. I don't want my freaking before and after pictures out there on the internet. That doesn't motivate me. I already know how to lose weight. I know how to do that, but I just need the help and the encouragement for my own self. Cause it's really hard at the end of my day to go and get myself to the gym and go do those things because I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so, but I know if I had some, an appointment to go to with somebody cool to talk to, I'm there, but not if that person's going to make me do, you know, really crazy things, you know, I, I can't do it. I, my body won't allow that anymore. Yeah. I got got to be able to, listen and feel out the person and, you know, do what is right for them in, you know, the most effective way. Yeah, absolutely. It, for, for their age and for their history. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and I, a lot of people yell at their clients, like what don't yell at your clients. That's, you know, that's, that's not good. That's their nervous system. You're, you're trying to get them to lose weight and you're upping their cortisol response by screaming and yelling at them. Well, for women like me that are postmenopausal, you start messing with that cortisol. They're not going to, we're not going to lose any weight if you're screaming and yelling at us. Plus our kids have been screaming and yelling at us our whole lives. You think we want another young kid telling us that we're, we're not good enough. You know, it's, we need encouragement and support and Good, good energy coming towards us Good energy. for old, for, for older clients, you know, I don't know my, my words, who knows? <laughs> All is good, Miss Tracy. Well, Hey, look, that's a good spot to uh, wrap up. But before we get off here, I want you to give a shout out to listeners of if they're in the area of Newport beach and they're by your studio, how can they look you up? How can they reach you? How can they maybe check it out. Um, so just kind of give a shout out, you know, any like Instagram or handles or, you know, just, just a way to reach you. Yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all over there. I have my digital business card out on Facebook and on, um, Instagram, Align Studios and Align Studios underscore on Instagram. And it's alignstudios.com. And I do it the old fashioned way. I call people back and talk to them there's a, you know, an email thing you can email me, but I call, call you within 24 hours, you know, old school. So it's alignstudios.com. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, For everybody listening out there, if you want to be on the show at any point in time, there's a link below, click on that, type in information. We'll be in touch and we'll get on the show and have a great conversation. Um, But until then, everybody, that's a wrap. And Jim Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.